Welcome one more time to our worship service. I am Gian Villatoro, the founding pastor of Victory Church here. And today, Sunday, October 24th, our worship service number 261, it's Scary Games. Scary Games is the topic of this morning, and I invite you to get ready to enjoy this particular message. And probably you are thinking, what are you talking about? Well, in order to learn more about it, I will invite you to download the bulletin. You can do it going to our website, vchurch.us, look for the tab bulletin and just click the right date, October 24th. The other way to do it, if you are watching through a big TV, is grab your phone, open the camera, and point towards the QR code. You will see the link. Click there. Voila. You will be able to download the bulletin of this morning. I want to thank you for your support, especially to you, my dear church members here present. Thank you so much. Not just for giving, not just for that, but also for your help. Every time we have projects here in the church, you are always, always willing to help and uh, come here, do things together. That is wonderful. But especially to you, dear friends that are watching, thank you so much. It's a privilege. Thank you so much for trusting us. And we thank you from the bottom of our hearts. And of course, Sebastian, thank you for what you are doing. Tracy, thank you for those songs. And so here we are, ready to go to the message of this morning. Absolutely scary games is the topic of this morning, October 24th, 2021. From Odessa, Texas, our worship service number 261. I would like to invite you to read with me the scripture. This passage com comes from the easy-to-read version. And uh, we read in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Dear Lord, guide us through this study. Second Chronicles 33, 21, and 22. Ammon was 22 years old when he became king of Judah. He was king for two years in Jerusalem. Ammon did evil before the Lord, just as his father Manasseh had done. Does that sound familiar to you? That kids are doing similar stuff than dads are doing or moms are doing? Well, let me ask you this question. Do you think that we do what we see others doing? What do you think? For example, here, our friend, he is working in the roof of his home. And there is a little boy who wants to do the same thing his daddy is doing. Probably he is not going to be as accurate as the dad or to work as fast as his dad, but he's learning. Now, what happens about our eating habits? <laughs> it's the same thing. Like in this family, you know, they have their food and they all are around the in a kitchen counter, everyone trying to, to get a bite, which is uh, wonderful. <laughs> well, here we, here we see this family around the food. Now, do you think that all kids are learning good eating habits in these days? And what about kids reading the Bible? I wonder. Let me ask him. Hey, buddy. What are you reading? 
<laughs> Isn't it beautiful? <coughs> Excuse me. It's wonderful when you see little ones interested in the scripture. But they do what they see their parents do. But sometimes kids are doing stuff. They don't know why. They have no clue. But they just go along with the rest. And they are going there to the streets. Doing things. Without the understanding of what's behind. And of course I want to tell you. There is nothing wrong with eating candy. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Of course, if you abuse candy, it's going to be a problem. Going with your friends to visit neighbors, nothing is wrong with that. Especially for a kid. You know, I was a kid. Believe it or not, <laughs> I had my kids. We had fun. That's not the problem. The problem is sometimes we just do things without understanding what is happening. So, but uh, let me tell you. There are some dads out there that are becoming great examples for their kids. So, like you, hey, buddy, that's good. You see, you're, you're a man, and not because you are a man, you refuse to do some cleaning in your house. Are you listening, my friends? Are you listening? He's cleaning the house as well. And when he's cleaning the house, here you see, His son, helping, learning, learning. Good example. But not always what we see is a good example. No, unfortunately, not always what we see is a good example. So this guy passed out. It could be because of drugs or because he just got too drunk. But he was just remembering. Before he passed out, he was just remembering. But I had fun with my friend this afternoon. I remember being in the back patio having a little beer. That was all. And then <laughs> he's out. Do not be a bad example for your kids, my friend. Whether it's drugs or alcohol. No, do not be a bad example. <laughs> But the, the worst thing is <laughs> when people are doing things in And they don't realize how bad they are. And they have no idea the regrets they will have. I was laughing with one of my friends in San Angelo, Texas. He said to me, speaking about regrets, he saw a guy having a tattoo. The tattoo said, no regrets. No regrets. The guy, the tattoo artist, didn't know how to spell the word regrets. I'm telling you. <laughs> And precisely during this month, you know, there are so many things going on, especially at the end of the month. And you know what? Some people say, it's just a game. Relax. And it's fun. That's what they say. They don't realize exactly what is happening. You know, they simply don't. And, uh, well, I want you to know that There are four main scriptures that talk about Satan or Lucifer being thrown down out of heaven by the order of the good Lord God Almighty. Those scriptures are listed here on the screen. Ezekiel 28 verses 15 and 8 through 18. Isaiah 14 from verses 12 to 14. 
Luke chapter 10, verse 18, the Lord Jesus himself, and Revelation chapter 12, verses 7 through 12. The scriptures that are powerful talking about how Satan was created by God, you know, he is a creature. He was created by the good Lord because the only one that creates is the good Lord. Satan, the devil, Lucifer, el diablo, is a creation. The, those scriptures explain his creation and the reasons of uh, what happened that provoked the Lord to kick him out of heaven and throw, throw him down out of heaven. And of course, the Lord Jesus is a witness of that. And he says in Luke 10, 18, I saw him coming down. <laughs> Revelation also, which, you know, is a very interesting book. Many people are afraid of reading Revelation. And uh, do you know, guys, that there are some people that they think that everything that is in the book of Revelation has to do with the future? The thing is, there are many mysteries in the scripture that you just don't know. And here in this passage, it's very possible that it's talking about the past. It's a great interpretation of this passage in Revelation 12, 7 through 12, referring to the past of Satan. The point is, people say, it's just a game what we do on the night of Halloween. It's just a game and it's fun. Well, all that I can tell you, my friend, is this. Do not be naive. No. You cannot be naive. For example, let me show you here. People that love to read cards and predict the future. Others playing games, weird games, putting their hands on a table, you know. <laughs> and then others even encourage kids to do tricks. The kids don't see it as a dangerous thing. And we even watch movies and we have fun with that. But we don't realize that some children, little ones, they truly believe that that's the way to go in life. And then as a result of that, we see them wearing very scary costumes on the night of October 31st. And they go to houses that the decoration talks by itself. It's talking about death. Don't be naive, my friend. One thing is to, to have fun. One thing is to encourage kids to hang out with friends. And eat little candy here and play some games here. That's one thing. But that particular night... You have no idea what's happening behind. You just don't know. In many places of the world, particularly that night, there are people doing horrendous things that I'm not going to tell you because I don't need to say anything about it. Just so you know, it's not a game. It is not. So don't be naive. Okay? Today we see movies, books, and music. Related with this whole scenario of evil. Mm -mm, no, that is not what you need. I want you to be aware of what the scripture says. 
So the gospel of John chapter 10, verse 10, clearly declares the thief comes only to do three things, to steal, to kill, and destroy. And the Lord Jesus said, I have come that they may have life, an abundant life. Who they? You and I. You and I. I'm going to talk to you about it in a moment, but I want you to know that next Sunday, on October 31st, precisely, our worship service 262, the topic will be focused on the positive. Even in days that are tricky or perhaps seasons that are difficult, I will share with you how you can focus on the positive. Let's go back to the scripture, okay? There is only three functions from Satan, the thief, Lucifer. Those are his main activities, stealing, killing, and destroying. But you know what? The Lord Jesus is exactly the one who will protect you from him. And his purpose is not to kill, is not to destroy, and is not to steal. The Lord Jesus came to give us life and an abundant life. Abundant life. When you think an abundant life, what is the idea that comes to mind? Well, I love this particular picture with this illustration of all kind of vegetables and not just one, but several. Particularly, I love food. I love vegetables. I love fruits. Empress, perhaps one of my favorite things in my own home is to see the fruits and vegetables in the kitchen. Excites me. Makes me happy. I saw that when I was being raised by a wonderful cook, my mother Magnolia. And she was a great cook. My mother-in-law, Tina. Mama Tina, same thing. I have great friends here in the church. <laughs> you guys, phenomenal cooks. And isn't it true that when we are in that moment getting ready to celebrate another day, whether it's breakfast, lunch, or dinner, and we are hanging out around the kitchen, looking at the, the abundant amount of food, vegetables, meats, breads, all that. Makes us happy. By the way, I heard somebody that says that actually carbs are very important. Somebody said that carbs is the thing that keeps together the humanity. And I think that sometimes it, it makes sense. You know, <laughs> you just feel the need for something, perhaps a sugar, and you grab something to eat or especially your carbs. It's like, woo, everything goes well. The good Lord Jesus wants you to have an abundant life. It's not like Satan. You know, it is not like Satan. The purpose of Satan, I told you three things that he does. Steal, kill, and destroy. He, he is not interested in seeing you doing good. No, not at all. He wants to hurt you. You know what is interesting? Satan knows his future. 
He knows that he's already defeated. He knows what is about to happen to him one day. With death in the lake of fire. <laughs> he knows that. So his idea is, I'm bringing some others with me. So that's why I'm telling you, don't be naive. You have to run away. If you resist the devil, he will go away. If, if you find refuge in God, Satan is going to go away. Maybe not forever, because the temptations are going to come to you. The challenges will continue being part of our lives. Sometimes are just part of the process of getting old. Situations that happen in the world. But there are possibilities that for anyone who is not under the coverage of the good Lord God Almighty is going to suffer attacks from the enemy. So I want you to know that. But I would like to invite you today to join me in this beautiful scripture, this passage in the chapter 13 of the Gospel of Luke. We are going to read starting in verse 10. Jesus taught in one of the synagogues on the Sabbath day. A woman was there who had an evil spirit inside her. It had made the woman crippled for 18 years. Her back was always bent. She could not stand up straight. When Jesus saw her, he called to her. Woman, you have been made free from your sickness. He laid his hands on her, and immediately she was able to stand up straight. She began praising God. The synagogue leader was angry because Jesus healed on the Sabbath day. He said to the people, There are six days for work. So, Come to be healed on one of those days. Don't come for healing on the Sabbath day. Verse 15 through 17. The Lord answered, You people are hypocrites. All of you untie your work animals and lead them to drink water every day, even on the Sabbath day. This woman that I healed is a true descendant of Abraham. But Satan has held her for 18 years. Surely it is not wrong for her to be made free from her sickness on a Sabbath day. When Jesus said this, all those who were criticizing him felt ashamed of themselves. And all the people were happy for the wonderful things he was doing. Let me tell you, this passage, my friends, has so much to share. And I will try to condense in a few items something that you need to hear today. Let's start for, uh, with uh, where this event happened. Okay? It was done in a synagogue. So what is a synagogue, somebody can ask? Well, a synagogue... It was and it is a place of worship that Hebrews that practice Judaism come together in a regular basis, weekly basis, especially on a Friday night and during the Saturday because they 
they count days from 6 p.m. ish all the way through the night, next day, morning, afternoon, and ends at sunset. And that is because in the book of Genesis, when the Lord created heaven and earth, there is a process that begins something like that. The point is that they follow the law that indicates that every Saturday or Friday night, they need to get together to worship God. So curiously, someone, the Lord Jesus, was there and he was teaching. Did you hear that? He didn't come to hang out with the, with the Jews. He didn't come to have discussions with the Pharisees or the leaders. He went there to teach. How can you explain that? Have you ever thought about the fact that in order to be there, speaking in front of people, undoubtedly is because someone had endorsed him? Because the Lord will not just come and say, come on, guys, get out of there. It's my turn. I'm going to speak now. <laughs> you know what will happen? Everyone will say, who do you think you are? <laughs> right? No. He had the endorsement. Probably not just of one person, but several. In fact, you know, among the Pharisees and leaders uh, in, among the, the Jews, there were several of them that believed in him. So we don't know who exactly was the one endorsing the Lord Jesus. But the fact is, he was there teaching. Now, supposedly, you know, in that place, everyone will be worshiping God. Correct? That is the, the one thing that I want you to think. That this event where people are getting together to worship God, we have the whole audience, we have the woman that is crippled, and we have this particular guy that was unhappy with the miracle of healing. Okay, keep that in mind. Supposedly, in that place, my friends, everyone came to worship God. Well, obviously, the Lord Jesus is knowledgeable about the scripture. He is the Son of God. He is God. He is the Word. At the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with Him. The first verse of the Gospel of John. Of course, in his process, in his natural process of growing up, the Lord Jesus needed to learn how to read and write. He went to school. He, he was part of all the other kids receiving training, receiving education. So he started to fill his mind with God's word. Remember what we said at the very beginning of this message today? The importance of us adults setting a good example for our kids. There is no question in my mind that Mary and Joseph were wonderful parents, wonderful believers, servants of God. Imagine that the Lord God chose them. <laughs> well, there must be a big reason, don't you think? Therefore, Jesus and his brothers were. All the time learning, especially God's word. 
when the time came for the Lord Jesus to do his ministry, he was fully prepared. Spiritually, mentally, physically, he knew what he needed to do. So he goes to the synagogue and he is teaching. Now, let's go and talk about the other character in this event. It is a suffering person. A suffering person in the synagogue. A suffering person in church. A suffering person who believes in God. A suffering person worshiping God. Can you see that? People worshiping God that come to worship God and they come with sufferings. They come with wounds, injuries. They come with a lot of pain. They come struggling. This woman was just with all that. She was deformed. Her back was totally bent. She couldn't be straight at all. So can you imagine the kind of rejection she received? Wherever she was going. Wherever she was, people immediately looked at her, deformed. You know what people will do? Turn around. Oh, what time is it? Oh, I had a phone call. What did you say? Anything. In order to evade the eye-to-eye contact with the suffering person. Because nobody wants to get to be too close with someone else that is suffering. Right? So the rejection, it's, it's obvious. <laughs> what else? 18 years of suffering, my friend. 18 years of suffering. Sometimes we wake up with a headache. Two hours later, we just can't stand it. Some people struggle for two, three days in a row. They just can't keep moving. And of course, they are not going to come to worship God because they are sick. This woman has been suffering for 18 years. She is deformed, rejected. And yet, she came to worship God. Can you see that? Someone in such a position... And still thinking, I'm not going to stop worshiping God because I'm suffering. I'm not going to stop to come to worship God in person because this and that. Even if people there can reject me, even if people there want to ignore me, even if people there make me feel so unappreciated, I am going to worship God. I'm talking about the person who received the miracle. Are you listening to me? Someone rejected, unappreciated, deformed, 18 years of suffering, and still with faith that God can do something for her. 
And here we are, ourselves, scared for this and scared for that. We don't want to be around anybody for this and this other reason. We don't want to come to worship God for this other reasons. And on and on. But we wonder, right? Why is it that the Lord is not listening to my prayers? Why is it that I cannot receive a miracle? Sometimes we don't want to make the effort. That goes to you, my dear viewer and listener. Sometimes we don't want to make the effort to go to the house of the Lord. It's too much huh, to ask. Look at this woman. She didn't care. She said, I'm going. That reminds me the words of the leader Joshua who says, I don't know about you all people, but me and my house, we will serve the Lord. <laughs> Now let's go to, to the other scenario, which is what was going on in Jesus' mind when he was teaching? Well, you know very well that the Lord God Almighty, he says, he sees everybody. And he doesn't ignore the ones that are suffering. The Lord is not ignoring you if you are suffering, my friend. The Lord knows about your sufferings. And he pays attention to what you do and what you say. Both things. I have said this to you many, many times. The Lord is not deaf. He hears your prayers. But he is not blind either. He sees what you do. So it's two things that you must do. You pray and you do. And you pray because you can. And you do because you can. If you were not able to pray, the Lord will understand. If you were not able to do, the Lord will understand. But the truth is, you can pray and you can do certain things. And that is what moves the Lord Jesus in this particular case because the Lord knows about the sufferings of people the Lord knows about pain if there is anyone in the whole history of humankind throughout the whole creation the whole planet if there is someone that knows about pain that my friend is the Lord God He knows that because he created all of us so far, seven billion people today, not to mention everybody else that already gone. How many of us in this planet, we give thanks to God for life. We worship God. We do the right thing. You're talking about suffering. Imagine how would you feel if you were God? Creating, blessing, providing, giving, 
and people will ignore you. That will break your heart. And now, in terms of physical pain, what the Lord Jesus lived was horrendous. And he knew it. So, with all that in mind, the Lord Jesus had a different approach to the situation. Better than you. Better than me. You know? He knew about the pain. And he was able and willing to do something about it. The Lord Jesus didn't feel uncomfortable with this woman. He knew he was, she was deformed. He knew she was rejected and felt unappreciated. But he knew that this woman had faith. So then is when the Lord speaks to her. You are suffering today. You are struggling today. You are in pain today. Pray. If you are struggling, if you are suffering, if you are in pain, worship God in person. You can't one Sunday, understandable. You are traveling other Sunday, understandable. But the norm in your life should be that you meet with other believers to worship God once a week. For a few hours, do fellowship with them and worshiping God. You are struggling. You are suffering. Do you want a miracle? Pray and do what you need to do. Now, let's talk about the other part of this story, which is the upset guy. <laughs> this guy was upset. And this is what he's doing. He is criticizing. Now, get this. This is happening in the house of God. <laughs> in the house of God. In a synagogue. In a place of worship. Somebody is receiving a miracle. And somebody else here is unhappy. Can't see the miracle. Can't see the power of God. Can't praise God for the miracle. No. It's upset. Because the protocol establishes this and that. Well, the service has certain order, my friends. You know, there is a moment for the songs. There is a moment for the, the offerings. There is a moment for the preaching. And there is a moment for the greeting. And there is a moment, there is a moment. There is a protocol in the church. There is a protocol. You shouldn't wear this clothes. You should wear this clothes. There is a protocol to follow. You shouldn't play that music. You should play this kind of music. There is a protocol. You shouldn't sing that much. You shouldn't sing just a few. You are preaching too much. You should be very concise and brief. Why cameras? And on... And on and on. Protocols. You know what we are talking about here? Legalism. Judgment and judgmental attitude. 
Those are the people that get upset all the time and they cannot see the miracles that are happening among us. That's that guy. <laughs> Here's the Lord Jesus. He says to, to them, you know what, guys? <laughs> you are a bunch of hypocrites. <laughs> Don't tell me anything about Saturday, okay? Because you take care of your animals, don't you? But don't tell me that you don't work on Saturday. Well, well, we are not working. We are just taking care of the animals. Yeah, but you are, you are working. If you really want to be that, what is the word? Compliant, you shouldn't do anything. Don't feed the dogs. Don't feed the animals. Don't feed the cows. Don't feed the sheep. Don't bring them water. Don't do anything. Just sit there and contemplate God. What, what in the world is that, my friends? What is that? And I will tell you this. And that goes to anyone who is listening today. And is criticizing anything and everything that we preachers are doing online. You can bring your arguments to God one at a time. Bring them all. I want to see that. I want to be there one day. When you present your list of arguments, why we are wrong preaching the word of God. Why this is absolutely not okay. Right? Bring all your arguments. Present your case to God. I want to see that. Because that day you're going to learn a big lesson, my friend. The lesson is the Lord God is always right. Now, any one of us here that we struggle with sufferings, and sometimes we question God. Why, Lord? Why this is happening to me? Why am I struggling with this? Why my children this and why my finances that? Why my body this and why my mind that? Why my parents this and why my family that? Why, why, why? I want you to know, you all, you that question God, you, my dear viewer and listener as well, you will never, never win an argument to the Lord God. Never. N-E-V-E-R. Never. Nunca. Never. He is unbeatable. You will never say, you see, God, this, this is my case. I'm a great attorney. I'm an, a prosecutor. Let me, let me tell you, God, why you are wrong. Da, da, da. <laughs> you will never win. Nobody can beat the Lord God. He always is right. He is perfect. He is the creator. That's why the Lord Jesus said to this guy, you are a bunch of hypocrites. What's wrong with you? And then, if that was not good enough, <laughs> the Lord Jesus said, 
Do you guys realize that this poor woman, let's read it on, from the screen, okay? Satan has killed her for 18 years. Satan himself. That is why I'm telling you, think about what you're doing with your kids on the night of October 31st. You think it's a game. You don't know what you are doing. There are great activities that you can do that night with other Christians or even with your own family. Entertain your kids. Find places to go to have fun in a healthy way. But whenever you start to see this stuff related with darkness and ghosts and death, you immediately have to run away from there. Because you don't know how Satan is tricking the mind of people and make them believe that it's okay. So the Lord Jesus said, guys, do you realize that Satan has held her for 18 years? <laughs> Come on. It is not wrong for me to heal her. And then everybody there that was part of this group of people criticizing, they felt ashamed of themselves. And that's what I hope that some individuals watching or listening will feel ashamed of themselves for the mockery and the insults and all the stuff that they might say against preachers, against the gospel, against the church, against the Bible, because it's wrong. The one that is doing wrong things here is not Jesus, my friends. It's not the church. We make mistakes, but acting wrongly, trying to steal, kill, and destroy? Uh-uh. Oh, no. No, no, no. That's Satan. Shame of anyone who cannot see that the church, the Bible, preachers, and the gospel are actually fighting against evil, darkness, and Satan. And his whole bunch of demons. But on the other hand, the rest of the people that were in the synagogue that day, like you guys here in the church, and the good viewers watching and listening, the rest, me included, we all feel so happy for the wonderful things the Lord is doing. Because he keeps doing great things among us. He has, he is, and he will. Because he keeps being God. And he will continue performing miracles in our lives. You see, John 10.10 10 is right. The thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. But in my case, the Lord Jesus says, it's just life and an abundant life. Would you say this statement with me? I will not be part of the darkness. 
Let me hear you. I will not be part of the darkness. Can you say that? And why is that you will not be part of the darkness? Because God is with me. God is with me. When you refuse to be part of the darkness, God is with you. The darkness on one side, the light on the other side. Are you ready for a new life, my friend? Are you ready to begin from this moment forward a new life to praise God, to please God? You know what? The only requirement is to believe. Romans chapter 10, verse 9 says, If you openly say, Jesus is my Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from death, you will be saved. That's why I want to invite you today to say a prayer. The prayer is on the screen, and you can say it with me. Say it. Dear God, I don't want to be naive about the darkness. I am not going to be careless about the enemy. Please help me. Please remove anything that could connect me with evil in any way. Please forgive me for not being close to you. Lord, you are the one that I want to adore. You are my God. I open my heart to you, Lord. I confess my sins before you. I want to obey you and trust you and serve you forever, my Lord. Starting today, I want to see life and people exactly as you do. Please help me, Lord, to become the person you want me to be. And all this is possible because of the sacrificial death of our Lord Jesus Christ here in this beautiful cross. What if you say with me this powerful statement? I am forgiven by Jesus. My Lord can do everything. His word is true and active in me. My life is going to be great and blessed in 2021. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord smile down on you and show you his kindness. May the Lord answer your prayers and give you peace. In the name of Jesus, from Victory Church, in the name of my family and every member and team member of Victory Church, we wish you a beautiful rest of your day. watching Victory Church, please feel free to contact us. Our email address is info at vchurch.us and our phone number is 432-614-9798.